Welcome. It is an honor to have you. Get, go ahead and get your sermon notes out so you can follow along in Scripture. Uh, uh, we, are, we see this as the year of the family at Freedom, and we have been focusing on building homes, building families. Uh, we are, we are, we're helping homes. That's what we're doing. But we're also realizing more and more that we are a family as Freedom uh, sometimes the church doesn't do that really well because we're so busy just coming in and going out. Uh, kind of like saying, you're all, we're all a family because we go to Walmart. That's not true, okay? Uh, we're not here shopping. We actually believe in Jesus and we actually love one another. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus says, uh, the reason that people know that we are His, that we are disciples, is not because we sing really well. It's not because... We come to church on Sunday, but it's because of the way that you love each other. Uh, and the scripture also teaches us this principle that the spirit of God uh, uh, witnesses to our spirit that we are all the children of God. So look at somebody nearby and say, hey, sis, hey, bro, whatever. Okay, do that. Go ahead. Say, hey, brother. You're not doing that. Come on. I am not going to my next point until you do that. Okay. So, hey, brother. Hey, sister. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, I want to continue talking about this is this this month the family of God. It is it's a it's a crazy month. I mean, the first Sunday of the month was All Nations Sunday. This is Mother's Day Sunday. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. The next Sunday is Memorial Day Sunday. So don't you miss a Sunday. I'm going to be looking for you. Okay. I mean, it's it's just that kind of a month where we need to be busy. I. Uh, I uh, was blown away on All Nations Sunday. What a day. Can I get an amen? I mean, what an amazing day. We praise God for that. Yeah. I mean, it would have been enough if the food was just great. But the spiritual food was amazing this past Sunday. And I have talked to so many people who are still just, you know, it's not leftovers because it stays fresh when it's the Word of God. Isn't that good? You know, so uh, if you missed last Sunday, I want to encourage you. Sometimes that word encourage is so light, you know. I want to tell you. <laughs> get online and listen to it. Grab, you can get on the podcast at iTunes or you can go to the Facebook page and see it. Our webcast, for whatever reason, is having some technical difficulties today. So there might be people saying, I can't watch it from home. And what you tell them is, you should have come to church. No, no, you don't say that. <laughs> tell, them, tell them we apologize. They can, you can all, they can always be watching it right now. If they want to watch right now, they just need to go to the link. We placed the link on our Facebook page or they can go to our website, comegetfree.org, and just click on webcast, and they can watch it right now as well. But we'll, we'll get that back up on the Facebook page. We'll, re, we'll take care of that after the services. I loved last Sunday so much. I mean, the number of times that we have made this, or we have shown this to be a reality at Freedom. Um, and, you know, we don't really, throughout the year, take note of it that much. It's just how we are. Am I right? It's not like we're saying, oh, you should come and look at us because we're all different colors. I mean, we just don't do that. We just happen to be that. Can we thank God for what he's made us, what he's made us to be? Sunday should not be the most segregated day of the week. It should not. I mean, I'm, it's, it's, you just don't, we just don't get that. It's not, I don't see that in the kingdom of God. I don't, I don't understand it. I, especially when we take a look at the snapshot, the one picture, the one selfie that we get of the throne of God is Revelation chapter 7, 9, where John looks and says, 
he says, look at this great multitude that no one can count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. That's what we get. So here's the reality that we determined last week, and that is if you're racist, you're really going to be uncomfortable in heaven. Really. You, you might as well skip it, okay? I'm telling you, you're going to be uncomfortable. You, where am I? Can I stand with all the white folks? Can I stand with, you know, how I many know that's not going to happen, right? So we are, we are the church, and this is what the Lord gave me years ago, was that he wanted to build a community here that would be a snapshot of the kingdom of heaven. But just because you're multi-ethnic doesn't mean you love one another. Right? You say, well, look, we're multi-ethnic. We can't stand each other. Uh, we don't go to dinner together. You know, we don't. You know, years ago, in fact, thank the Lord this is set free, but I remember years ago, what the principle was that years ago, when when I was when this was first in my heart, uh, it was yeah we don't mind people of different races coming and worshiping together as long as they don't date each other. Anybody remember those days? Somebody thank God those days are over. Somebody praise God. All right, those days are over because God has made us true family. Right? Are we real family? Somebody say Amen. amen. We're honest family. And we're mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters. So uh, if uh, you're like me and you miss your mom, go find a mom, give her a hug, okay? Uh, I got some spiritual mothers. I recognize several in the first service. Uh, like Sister Tootsie was here, first service. Tootsie is 92 years old, all right? And still opens the door on Sunday morning for people, all right? All right, somebody praise God for that. And is our prayer warrior. Um, so... We are the family of God. We are multi-generational. You got any Baptists in the house? Where are my Baptists at? All right, come on. Where, where, I got to see my Baptists, my Episcopalians. Where are my, where are my Catholics at? Where are you? Come on, come on. Where are you? Come on, join me right now. All right? Uh, come on, where are my Pentecostal folk at? Where are my Church of God folk at? Where, where are those Assembly of God? Where are my Presbyterians? You're waiting on me to call you out. We all come from someplace, Right? And uh, eventually, how I many know there's not going to be any shingles on the door when we get into the kingdom of God? And it doesn't matter whether you're the oldest or whether you're the youngest. We're all part of his family. We're, we're focusing on that. Today, uh, I, want to, I want to continue in this focus of the family, and I want to continue to heal areas. And Mother's Day gives me a clear opportunity. I'm going to give you the scripture, Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So uh, uh, does anybody read the scripture? How many, how many love this passage? Anybody love this? So when God looks at us, uh, he, you know, somebody once told me that when the scripture says that God created man, and then he created woman. It's because he looked at man and said, oh, I can do better than this, and he created a woman. All right? All right? But that's, that's, okay, I'm just saying this for the brothers right now. That's not what happened, okay? He said, I'm going to, he said, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So in a way, he did say it's not good enough. Right? But he was saying we need to be together. So he created family and told us to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, what he's saying, though, clearly in Scripture, the Bible is saying that if you can be a man and you're, you can be, or you can be a woman, you're still created in the image of God. Like men are not, like men are really created in the image of God and women are sort of. 
not that, okay? Men and women are all created in the image of God. Praise God for that. I'm not sure you... Let me just make sure that you're hearing this. Women are not less than men. And I know that we're different, yet sometimes we work hard at focusing on one another's femininity or masculinity. And Men are different than women. Praise God, women are different than men. But I'm concerned that we have assisted in perpetuating the crisis of a culture of women feeling less blessed, less than a man, less employable, less credible, less strong, less capable, less able, when reality, we are all, first of all, created in the image of God. We are all children of God. Mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, Hispanic, black, white, Asian, Native American, whatever. Single moms, single dads, old, young, educated, uneducated, rich, poor. We all need to embrace the family of God and heal the family of God in every aspect of it. So in some of this teaching today, I want to deal with some of that healing. I want to set some people free of some of the marginalization that takes place. It's Mother's Day. And uh, we want to take care of that. So I'm going to preach to you about Wonder Women. I know that's like the cheesiest title I've ever given, but <laughs> Wonder Women. Okay, I don't know. Uh, anybody remember the old Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah. Come on, come on. Anybody remember her? Okay. One of the great things about the TV show or the movie Wonder Woman is that Wonder Woman's name is Diana. And I married a Diana. And uh, so I married Wonder Woman. Uh, okay, let's look at the scripture. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen. So, ladies, brothers, sisters, come on. I think on occasion we need to pause and look at certain individuals in the community and say, it's time for you to rise. It's time for you to rise up. The glory of the Lord has come. There's been a season that's been difficult, but God says, I want you to rise up. Now, let me ask, how many in this room have ever seen the movie Wonder Woman? All right. Wow. It's like a lot more than first service. Uh, but I did, Diane, and I saw it. In case you haven't seen it, I mean, just, just the clip, just the trailer is pretty powerful. I mean, it preaches all by itself. I mean, like, like uh, if you see it, don't you mess with my family. See that? You know, don't, don't be, you, yeah, you, you, did, you said, what about my kids? You know, uh, yeah, no, I ain't taking that from you. I ain't taking that from you. And, uh, and that, yeah, I'm done with you. There you go. How many, somebody say, that's my mama. Go ahead and say that. That's my mama. That's my mama. And uh, how many know, yeah, yeah, no, I ain't, I ain't putting up with that because ain't no weapon formed against me that can prosper. Mm, every tongue that comes against me, and I'm not going to let you confuse me. Uh, how many know you can't lie to your mama? Anybody know that? Because that rope, that lasso is like the truth lasso. She gets that around you. How many have had that truth lasso on you before? Anybody had that? My mama said, you did that? No, mama. Yes, I did it. Yes, you know. Uh, so as a, as a preacher, you can imagine why I love that movie so much, right? It's like, I'm going to go home and preach it. But really, I haven't. I haven't ever talked about the movie, really. The first time I saw it, uh, really the only time I saw it, uh, is uh, Diane and I were headed to South America. We were headed there 
on a mission journey, and we were headed to Peru, and that was a movie that was showing, and we both watched it. We went, that is a good movie, and uh, really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I think some of the things that I think are really amazing about it is just the Wonder Woman concept itself, all right? Just, just that part of it, just that wonder just that Wonder Woman thing, all right? Uh, got, any, got any great women in the room that are kind of athletic? Come on, someone, come here, come here, come here. You need to help me. Thanks for volunteering. All right, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. How you doing, honey? Life is good, isn't it? Look, come on. Everybody say Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. Come on, come on, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. Just stand right here if you would. All right. Whoa, what do you do athletically? What do you do? You run? I used to cheer in college. You used to cheer in college? Cool. That is severely athletic. Don't you think cheerleaders are usually even better athletics than everybody? Than everybody okay. Because <laughs> you don't see everybody else doing that other stuff. Okay, so let's go ahead and get you ready with all of this. Okay, since you are Wonder Woman, okay, here we go. There's your Wonder Woman hat, okay, here we go. Or, there you go. If you can, there you go, okay. Yeah, it's upside down. No, that's perfect. It's perfect, okay, and here's these, okay, so I'm not sure how these go on. Not really good at this, but clip. Clip. Here, here's yes. one. There's one. Okay. There we go. Yeah, the other way. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, keep singing. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know the song. Okay. Okay. Diana, you should have done this because you're Wonder Woman. There, I got one on you. There we go. There you go. And that one goes on. Okay, that's good. All right. All right, just stand over there. Stand over there. Okay. Okay, here we go. All right. Because now that you're Wonder Woman, I'm going to shoot you, and you block these things, okay? You're serious? Wow. That did not happen in first service, all right? Okay. Okay, whoa. You didn't think I would do it, did you? Is this all right? Come on. Is this all right? No? Look. Okay. Oops, I missed. All right, all right. Okay, ready? I am not going to shoot her. I just can't do it. I mean, I, I, I apologize, but uh, let me ask you this question, okay? Uh, these are pretty cool, right? And you know you're a believer. Been baptized and all that. Had a good year this year, right? Yeah, I'm not going to make you testify, but God's been faithful, hasn't he? All that being said, have you ever been hit before? Yeah. Yeah. How many have ever been hit before? Anybody? Anybody been hit? All right. It's like uh, people say, how many know women are tough? How many know women can be tough? Well, wait, wait, raise your hand, okay? Women can be tough. Okay, and I'm going to ask you again. How many have ever been hit before? How many of you have ever been wounded before? Because here's the reality about Wonder Woman, that you can say you're Wonder Woman, and you can say you're all of that, but when you get hit, it hurts. Come on. And it can happen in relationships. Am I right? It can happen in marriages. It can happen outside of marriages, and you can have all this, you know, I'm Wonder Woman, ain't going to let anybody hurt me, and then it's, it's just like, bang, you know, that's the way it is. Let's hear it for Wonder Woman. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. I'm going to, I want to preach this, and uh, let, me, let me take you into this teaching on Wonder Woman, but, but not until I just do one more thing, okay? Because we've given a lot of awards today. I'd like to give one more award. I'm going to give it to Crystal, maybe, okay? So, Crystal, come here. I know you already got a prize, but that was drawing. I'm going to give you one more award, all right? All right, now, 
How many military wives know it can be tough? How many know that? Especially when you've got a house full of kids. But the last couple of years have been so tough for her, and I'm not going to give you her testimony, all right? Uh, that's her testimony to give. But, Crystal, you could vouch for the reality that you just had to bear down, haven't you? And just kind of move forward. I mean, taking care of the kids, waiting on your husband, but also just the grief and the pain that you've had at the loss that you've had in your life. So today, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say that you've never been hurt, but I'm going to give you this uh, be a warrior candle to take home. And you can light it when you pray. And, and we all want to celebrate the fact that you're still standing even after you, all the things that you've been through. Come on. <laughs> I love you, honey. How many could say that you're, you know somebody who's still standing even after all the things they've been through? Anybody know the, the person? Look around the room. You might know them. Because some of you have been through some horrendous moments in your life. And, uh, you know, for myself, I know this as a man, that I am the son. It's hard for me to talk about. But I am the son of a beautiful, amazing feminine and strong and powerful woman my mother god rest her soul who is in the presence of the lord today i am if you see anything good in me it all all from the grace of god but in no small part to mary hawker no small part to this woman who stood her ground who loved me who made sure i did not grow up cursed but poured blessing into my life and I, listen, I'm indebted to her for her faithfulness. And I'm also the husband of a beautiful, amazing, feminine, strong, powerful woman. I am also the pastor of beautiful, amazing, feminine, strong, and beautiful, powerful women. And, and though we have, yeah, you praise God for that. And though we have a lot of great men in this house, where would we be without all the women? Come on. I mean, uh, you saw me hugging Carol a minute ago. Uh, Kim is, uh, is away. Uh, Kim Porter is away, who usually runs kids' ministry upstairs. Uh, but she's away this weekend. Uh, but Carol has been working with me with kids since uh, when I first came to this church 30 years ago. And still, standing up there, what do you need? Need to take care of it? I'll be there. Somebody thank Carol. Thank God for women who have a heart to serve. So... I want to bless the ladies, but I think in this, what we're doing is we're blessing family, which leads me to the text I'm going to spend much of my time on today. Ruth chapter 1, verse 20. It's the words of Naomi after she has been through the most critical season, most difficult season in her life. And she said, she said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, which was the Hebrew word for bitter. Don't call me, don't call me Naomi, which meant pleasant. Don't call me pleasant. Call me bitter. Anybody been at that edge of bitterness before? Anybody been there? It's like, I ain't putting up with anything. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to look at anybody. Don't be telling me I'm pretty today. Okay. Uh, all right. How many have ever heard this? If mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Anybody heard that? Okay. Okay, now, I made this statement during first service and almost caused a riot. So, so listen, listen to me. That's not necessarily true. Okay? Okay, now wait. Let me explain it. All right? It's not necessarily true, and I'm going to tell you why. Because sometimes mama is not happy, and she's so busy making sure that everyone else is happy that she doesn't take care of the mess that's going on in her own life. Now, 
This is like a, one of those services you don't get a lot of amens for, but it's the truth. All right? I know that. Now, the concept of mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy is when mama is that point where she's not happy and you can see it, just go to your room. Okay? Um, but it is a possibility. It is a possibility that you can go through these seasons in your life where you quietly suffer or... You're in such struggle and you just keep focusing on taking care of the kids. You just keep focusing on taking care of others. You might say, well, I'm not a mom. This doesn't apply to me. Young women, you need to hear what I'm preaching today. You need to hear this. How many mamas know? Little sisters need to know about this. Our daughters need to know about this. Men, women, men, brothers, you need to know about this. Because part of our task is to keep our families whole. And in our culture... How many believe women are really struggling in the, in the current culture? Anybody believe that? I mean, has there ever been a time when there were more women's marches in history? Really? I mean, you would have thought in the 70s they would have been done with some of that, but they, they didn't even know what, they, what was going on, right? And now uh, there's some stuff that's happened. Our culture has opened his eyes and realized that it's difficult to say we have arrived at some place of enlightenment when the headlines are filled with the abuse and public sexualization of women our culture doesn't know how to manage the crisis it's like our culture is really upset about it but at the same time it's like we're really upset so let's all be promiscuous does that make sense it doesn't make sense but it's kind of it's kind of the confusing culture we're, we're in it's like we're really angry and we're responding with words of correction and words of rebellion at the same time. Listen, listen. We cannot heal a broken culture by breaking the word of God. Yeah. Our daughters are confused. They're told to ignore, just to do what they feel to do. Just do what you feel is right. How many know if you just follow your heart, you can get in a lot of trouble? Yeah. Don't ever tell your kids to follow their heart. Don't do, don't do that. Well, what if, no, listen, what you want to do is follow God who will heal your heart because many of our hearts are broken. And so how many know broken hearts will take you to broken places and you'll end up in broken relationships? Preach, Pastor. I'm going to turn over here and preach for a while. Okay, so that's a nice slide. Right. Okay, I'm coming back. We're now told to raise our daughters like sons and our sons like daughters with this mythological belief that somehow that will heal our land. Let's just say we're all the same. Let's not help people get set free. Let's validate the confusion of a generation. But we're God's people. You know what God says? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive your sin and I will heal your land. You got, come on, we got to be careful. Careful. We'll just chase rabbits when what we really need to be is chase, chasing God. So, all right, I preached the whole sermon. I haven't even gotten to my Bible story. Uh, anybody have reservations? You're taking mama out? Anybody doing that? So, okay. Tell them, they, hopefully, you won't be late, okay? Um, Ruth chapter 1 verse 7 here's the story and I want to focus on Naomi 
who is our Wonder Woman here, but Ruth is also a Wonder Woman. It is a book called Ruth that I've often read, many times I've read and often thought they should have called it Naomi instead of Ruth. Because most of it is about the restoration of Naomi. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The, man of his wife, the name of his wife was Naomi and the name of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. Uh, they were Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. She was left with her two sons. So Elimelech, so Naomi's a, 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 a widow. Now the, now the two sons, they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah. Sounds like Oprah, but it's not. Orpah. And the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. They lived there for ten years. Then Malon and Chilion died. So the women survived her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab for... She had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. So how many, did you catch the story or did I just read it and it went over your head? Anybody catch it? So it's right there. Okay, now I'm going to read it again, but I'm going to put the names, the meaning of the names of, that we've read. Okay, so every name has a meaning. Elimelech has a meaning. Malon, Chilion, Ruth. So I'm going to read what the names mean, the definitions. Okay, so here we go. It came to pass in the days the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of the house of bread, that's what Bethlehem means, the house of bread went to dwell in the country of incest. He and his wife and his two sons, the name of the man was, our God is king. The name of his wife was pleasant. And the names of his two sons were failing and sickly. Fruitful people of the house of bread of praise. Fruitful people of the house of, of bread and praise left the house of bread to go live in the land of incest. Of course, when the boys were born, they named them sickly and failing. Hmm. Then our goddess, the king, Elimelech, Pleasant's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. Remember them? Sickly and failing. Now they took wives of the women of incest. The name of the one was declining. So sickly married declining. And the name of the other was, was it says Ruth, was uh, fruitful. So Ruth's name is fruitful. And the name of the other was fruitful. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both failing and sickly died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. So Pleasant survived her two, her, her two sons and husbands. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of incest. For she had, heard that in the country of, she had heard in the country of incest that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. So she's going to go back to the house of bread. Now, is there enough there to say we need to fix some stuff? Uh, can I begin by saying you need to be careful what you name your kids? And you, and you say, no, I, I name my kids. I'm not talking about the literal name. I'm saying that some kids know what their name is. Because when they've been called stupid all their life, they pretty much believe that's who they are. If they believe they're worthless, okay, even if they were born in a difficult time, probably there was some childhood sickness or they were born during a difficult time, so they're historically named. 
Yeah, every time we look at him, we remember how sick everybody was. We remember how everything was falling apart. So the story kind of makes you wonder about the spiritual implications of everything that's going on. Like, what did I leave in order for me to be where I am right now? What have I sacrificed? What have I let go of that I should have been holding on to? Why would I have left a place called the house of bread to go live in a place of sexual sin? Why would I do that? How many of our culture is famous for that? Anybody know that? So uh, I, I don't want this sermon to be a downer, but uh, I want to get, get honest with us. First of all, uh, I want to talk about some wonders. First of all, the wonder of a family crisis. Come on. Anybody been in a crisis like, what? Anybody been there? It was like, it was such a crisis, it was supernatural. Anybody been there? It's like, that is bad. That is, that's really, it's like you knew the devil was there. Anybody been there before? It's like getting hit from every angle, from every side. Now, the family here seems uh, somewhat culturally normal because you got a husband and a wife and two kids. They got a place to live in. They actually had a house uh, to live in there in Bethlehem. But even the most normal of families has complications for one reason. You know what that reason is? Life. Right? And if God loved me, I wouldn't be going through a difficult time. Welcome to earth. You're on the planet. Tough stuff happens here. I don't mean to belittle it. I'm just saying bad things happen even to good people. That was good. So we don't know why everybody got their names, but then they end up with a famine. It's like, have you been that place? Okay, God, when is it going to stop? Right after this famine. And what, what do we recognize that? What, what could that be a metaphor for us? Job loss? Family crisis? Makes you, it just kind of makes you look for a better way sometimes. Okay, that's it. I'm not staying here anymore. I'm leaving. I'm leaving town. And you know God says he will deliver you from every season. How many know that God is good and faithful? But sometimes even Christians say, you know, it's getting longer and longer and more difficult to trust the Lord. And for Elimelech's family, they chose to trust Moab rather than Yahweh. And that was a deadly choice. How many have been there before? You know, I'm done with serving God. I'm just going to do what I feel is the best thing. Stop! And then Elimelech dies and Malon and Chilion, they all die. And Naomi is left alone in a country she doesn't know. With two daughters, these daughters-in-law who have both been married for 10 years and never had a child. Okay? She feels like now I've lost my sons, I've lost my husband, I've lost everything, I have no way to make money, I have no way to prosper, I'm at a time in my life nobody's going to marry me. And she looks at those two girls and she says, look, you're not from Bethlehem, you're from Moab, you stay here. She tries to send them home. How many have ever been so broken that uh, you almost defined yourself that way? Has anybody ever been so broken? It's like you looked in the mirror and said, oh, that's me. I'm broken. I'm a mess. And you can hear it sometimes in our conversation. Just here, Here's four, four uh, statements about being broken, when she's broken. And this is how Naomi was talking. She talks like her best days are behind her. You gotta be, how many know you've got to be cautious about getting older? Anybody know that? Because you'll get to a particular place in your life, and all you'll do is be looking behind, and you'll not be looking forward anymore. You got, just aging can do that, right? Uh, uh, she's also lost her, driven, her drivenness, her, her drive and her spark. 
You know, anybody know that? You know that young lady's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go get. I'm going to go get my education. I'm going to. And it's just so exciting to hear them talk about it. And but but you're you're so broken. You just want to slap them. Do that. Just don't talk about it in front of me. She may have a list of those who have hurt her. That's one of the things that speaks to somebody who's broken. It's like, so what's up with you? What do you mean what's up with me? Look at my list. It's got so many names on it, so many situations on it, so many stories. None of them which have been processed are brought under the blood of Jesus. Okay? Lots of lists where you could put after it, parenthetically, not forgiven yet. Another one, never will forgive ever all right? And you've got this list of situations. God forgot me, left me alone. Got all of this list of things that you have not processed in the spirit. And four, she longs for life, but fears it is too late. Still, how many have ever been in that place? You had some desires. I think, every, come on, men, women, got some desires in your heart, but sometimes you think, I'm never going to accomplish that. It's just too late in my life. And, and I, for myself, I have to look at myself in the face on occasion saying, Stop talking about how old you are and start talking about what God wants to do in your life. So we all know this and we all know that there's struggle uh, uh, in life. I, it, it, so, so when you get to this place, I want you to know where sin really prefers to dwell. Okay? Sin, brokenness, prefers to dwell in an atmosphere. You understand this atmosphere. Like how many know where to grow mold? Darkness, where it's wet, right? And where there's no atmosphere moving around, right? Under your house, good place to grow that stuff, all right? The best place to grow brokenness is in darkness and deception. You need to write that down. Darkness and deception. Where did the adultery come from? Darkness and deception. As long as you're living in darkness and deception, where did all the brokenness come from? Where does the hate come from? Where does the attitude come from? Where does the fear come from? Where do these feelings of brokenness come from? This feeling that I can't move forward. Where does it come from? Darkness and deception. You know how to get out of it? Truth. Bring it out and... Come on, pastor. Preach that. Somebody shout truth. If you want to get out of that, you've got to get to a place of truth. How many have ever been so broken that you isolated yourself from everyone, right? Why do you isolate yourself? Because you don't want to be held accountable. You don't need some do-gooder looking you in the face and telling you how you're supposed to be living your life. So you crawl under the house and live in darkness and deception and wonder why it just keeps getting worse. Come on, brothers and sisters. How many know if you want to overcome your brokenness, sooner or later you're going to have to get honest. You're going to have to confess. You need to show up at the house of God and find some mother, some brother, somebody and look them in the face and say, I want you to look at me and just tell me what the truth is about my life because the truth will set you free. Listen, I have tried it. I have looked in, at people who are in darkness and deception and spoken the truth to them and watched them crawl back in a hole. Because sometimes you just... You be, how many have been here? Come on, let's not act like we all got it together. Some, I don't want to listen to that mess right now. Yeah, it's tough to come to church and live in darkness and deception. I mean, about the only way you can do it is sit there and play on Facebook the whole time. It's about all you can do. That was fun. That was good. That was great. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not that mean. Here's the good news. The gift of God is still eternal life. 
How many have ever blown it before? Anybody ever blown it? Here's the fact. We've all blown it. There's crisis in nearly every family. Here's the miracle. Here's the wonder of family crisis. You've had it. You're the result of it. Come on. Let me give my church family some good news. Your story does not disqualify you for God's love and God's grace. It ain't over till the trumpet sounds. Come on. It ain't over yet. God is... That's the wonder of the family crisis. You say, I'm in crisis. Good. You're still breathing. This brings me to the wonder of restoration. In Ruth 1.20, she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Because finally she and Ruth end up back in Bethlehem. And people say, Hey, it's Naomi, that pleasant one. She says, No, call me Mara. Okay? And, and that's the way you pronounce it in, in Hebrew. It's M-A. It would be like M-A-W-R-A-W. Kind of Ma-ra. Okay? <laughs> Think about it. Okay, anyway, just anybody been raw? Anybody? You wait till the summer hits really good and you get a good sunburn, okay? It's like, don't touch me. Don't keep your hands off my shoulders. Did I tell you why? Because it's in the sun too long. Anybody been there before? I always love going down to the beach this time of the year, or excuse me, in June, and seeing all of our visitors who come and visit at Virginia Beach and forgot to bring their suntan lotion. It is. It's like you can kind of point them from a distance. They're like neon lights. <laughs> Here's a broken woman, and she says, Don't call me pleasant. I'm bitter. And here I am on a Sunday, and I'm so glad you came because there are people that absolutely hate coming to church on Mother's Day. It brings up too much pain. Things that haven't happened. They either never had children or they've lost children. Women who've lost family, women who have had sickness, women who have had deep, deep wounds, men as well who have lost families, men who have lost their mother, who are, who are disassociated from their home. It's, listen, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not speaking just to sisters. I'm just speaking to our hearts today. Is there anything like the pain of a mother who has lost a child or the pain of divorce and then only getting to see your kids on occasion. Come on. Ruth has no husband. Her children have died. She has no family. And I want you to know that if you're in that situation, I still anticipate wonder in your life. I want you to know that there are still weapons. There is still a possibility. Remember the verse I started with in Isaiah chapter 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Let me read it from the Amplified Version. Isaiah 61, Amplified. Read it with me. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Be radiant with glory and brilliance of the Lord. For your light has come, and the glory and brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. I love that. Do you? Come on. You praise God for that. Arise from the spiritual depression to a new life. Say that again. Arise from the spiritual depression to a new life. Now, I, I don't know why you're here today. Perhaps a friend brought you. Perhaps your mother guilted you into coming. I don't know. But no matter how you came, God wanted you to hear this preacher say this to you today. I believe God chose you. I believe God elected you, both men and women, to be here so I could tell you these words. How many have ever been to an airport before? And you kind of go through all the checkouts and you finally get up to the airport, to the airport and 
you get on the airplane, you put your seatbelts on, and you wait, and finally they take off, and, and then you hear these words. This is your captain speaking. I'd like to welcome you aboard. We'll be flying at an altitude of blah, 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 at a speed of about blah, 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 and we will arrive at our final destination, and the weather will be, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I just think that's so great that he has all of that information about how high I can be and how fast I can move and all of that. But we believe him. How do we know you believe him? You believe and you say, God, if anybody can get us there, I hope the captain can. Oh, God. And you pray, oh, God, make sure he's had a good night's rest. Can I get an amen? A good night's rest. Jesus, Jesus, help him, help him. And uh, I, I want to, so I want to, I want you to fasten your seatbelts. And uh, now I want to talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, as your pastor, this is your captain speaking. I want to speak to you and I want you to know that the depression and the circumstances that have kept you away from the presence of God, you're about to rise out of them. Amen. That circumstances and depression have kept you stuck for way too long, that it is time for us to rise to a new altitude. Anybody ready for this? It's time to rise from depression, to rise from the ashes, to rise from the bondage, those arguments and those disappointments. God is saying today, wonder woman of God, come on. Man of God, arise. Let me give you one more scripture. Joel 2.25. I don't know what you've been through, but here's your scripture. Out of the Amplified. And I will compensate you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The creeping locust, the stripping locust, and the gnawing locust. My great army which I sent among you. Listen to this word. You will have plenty to eat. You will be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Can you kind of see Holy Spirit kind of putting the stuff on and jumping out and saying, I've had enough of what the enemy has done to my kids and to my families. I've promises for them. Can you see him standing in the way and saying, I already took this hit for them at the cross of Jesus and sent my spirit that they might be victorious. Okay. The wonder of family crisis. One more wonder. The wonder of multiplication. So here's what happens. Ruth goes with her, and uh, Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi one day, uh, Mom, would you let me go to the field and glean the heads of grain after him in whose sight I might find favor? Mom, can I go find a husband now? You're staying home. I love Ruth. Ruth was just young enough to actually believe all of the stories she had heard from her spiritual mother. Jesus. Anybody remember when you were kids and you had a spiritual mom and she would pray and stuff and say, okay, can we go play now? Ruth was at this point in her life that even though she had lost her husband, she still believed that there was a promise that God had made to Abraham that... Naomi had left when she left Bethlehem and she wanted to go back and get something because she had grown up in incest and she was ready to have a life change. Anybody with me on this? Some of you have grown up in a mess and there is a word from you. There's a spiritual maternal word that's coming from heaven right now saying, listen, saying you do not have to stay in the place that you are. Trust in the Lord. He'll do miracles in ways that you did not even anticipate. You remember that day when Ruth entered into a covenant with Naomi? We use it for weddings. 
But Ruth said to Naomi years before, before they got back to Bethlehem, she said, she said to Naomi, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. Forever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more so if anything but death parts you and me. That's a powerful word, isn't it? That's a covenant word. I told you about the covenant words last week. Remember? Covenant word. They would actually take an animal and cut it in half and let it bleed and spread it apart. And one person would walk through the middle of that animal and they would say something like this. I'm in covenant with you. I'm not leaving you. And take a look at this dead animal. May that happen to me if I ever turn against you. Am I, can I talk to some marriages right now? Can I talk to you? You entered into a blood covenant. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't. She did. Don't make me tell you the whole story, but it's a blood covenant. It really is. In fact, we need, come on, we need to work things out. Somebody shout, we need to work stuff out. We need to work our relationships out. But, but listen, it's also a God covenant. Somebody thank God for the God covenant. God, I'm with you. I'm going to follow you. And that's what Ruth said to Naomi. So Naomi was living in death and bondage with no hope of multiplication. She's lost everything. But Ruth keeps speaking positivity. How many know what you say matters? Anybody remember Proverbs 18? From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. With the harvest from his lips, he is satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. I love that. It's a message of multiplication is what it is. Okay, I'm, this is going to sound weird, but just say, I love my tongue. Say, I love my tongue. Say, I love my Okay. The most powerful thing you have is your tongue. You say, no, I have a good job. No. You will lose that job if you don't get your tongue in a positive direction. You say, no, the most powerful thing I have is my family. No, no, no. You can destroy your family with your tongue. No, my husband. No, no. No, 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 no. Your husband is not so strong if you keep tearing him down with your tongue. Your wa my wife. She's a, I, my wife. No, no, no. Your tongue. If you want blessing, speak blessing. We're going to get through this. No, death is not going to control this family. God is still going to raise things up out of us. What, what are you talking about? You're like, yes, God is not finished with me yet. Now watch what happens. Ruth goes gleaning. She, a, man, a man by the name of Boaz sees her. He brings her. He redeems her. Makes her his wife. Just so happens that he is in the position to be a kinsman redeemer. Don't have to pre time to preach all of that. But listen... So Ruth and, uh, and Boaz get married. They have a son, and his name is Obed. And Ruth remembers her covenant, and she takes baby Obed, and she lays him in the lap of a woman who said, My life will never multiply. I want you to get the emotion of that just for a moment in your own mind. Can you imagine what Naomi said when Ruth said, I'm pregnant! And then she's got these other negative thoughts. I don't know if anything's going to come of that. Yeah, just, that's good for Boaz and Ruth. Then she takes that child, lays that child in the, in the lap of Naomi. Oh, somebody ought to praise Jesus. And they decide to call him Obed. He's going to be the father of Jesse. He's the grandfather of King David. But nobody called him Obed. They nicknamed him. The neighbor women gave him a name. How many know that your neighbor women are talking about you? Did you know that? They named him. They just called him Naomi's son. Naomi's son. That's Naomi's son. 
And when he would run up and down the street when he was like three and four years old and he's outside playing, who's that baby? Oh, that's Naomi's son. That's Naomi. Why? Because that which she didn't think God could do, that's exactly what he did. He multiplied her even in her latter years. He took away her bitterness. He took away her pain. And he made her pleasant. And he blessed her through Ruth. He blessed her through fruitfulness. I'm telling you, God is not finished with you yet. Somebody shout, God's not finished with me yet. Stand with me. I've got to finish. Don't leave. Don't leave. I know you want to run out so you can get the shortcake and the t-shirts first. But stand with me for a minute. Stand with me. I'm going to conclude. It's almost time for brunch. Anybody remember the TV show from the 50s, 60s, 70s, I guess it was? I Love Lucy. How many know I Love Lucy? Okay. Really? What? I love Lucy. Lucille Ball. She was funny. Lucy and Desi and all that. So, you know, I love Lucy. I absolutely love Lucy. Tell you why I love Lucy. Because my father's grandmother, his name was Lucy. I love Lucy. My father's grandmother, her name is Lucy. I have her picture hanging on my wall. It's an old picture with her and, and great grandpa Dick, and they're both standing. Just like this. <laughs> like, they, they both look like they just left a really bad funeral or something. Got the antique frame. I got that picture from my grandmother, Tilda. I love Tilda too. Maman. Anyway, that's been hanging in my home for years and years. Preston, seen a picture over and over. Weird picture up there. That's, that's Lucy. Lucy, I love Lucy. I, n- I never knew her, never met her. Died when my dad was young. Dad didn't even know Lucy and Dick. Behind it, when I when I find, when I got the picture, it was behind my uncle David's sofa. I was always looking for it because it was always hanging in my grandmother's house, and I always wanted that picture when I was a little boy, now five six years old. I want that picture one day. That's kind of weird of me. I don't know, but I wanted that picture. And and Memo was gone. Memo had died, and I'd ask where the picture is. And Uncle Dave, he's gone now too. He said, "Well, Ricky, I got it right here behind the sofa." I'm like, Why are you keeping the picture behind the sofa? And then I looked at it, and I thought, okay, no, <laughs> no. No, I, I wanted the pictures to be hanging in my house. But it's because I remember the story. Because my uh, great-grandfather uh, was a World War I veteran. In fact, I found that out because when I got the picture and I took it home, I opened it up, and I found his World War I veteran picture. I had a picture of him, just really a classic. Love that about him. I don't know what happened. You know, in World War I, World War II, they didn't talk a lot about PTSD, but... I believe great-grandpa came home with a lot of PTSD. He was a drunk. Um, he worked on a railroad track. He was about five foot two inches tall. He weighed about 400 pounds, and he got ran over by a train, and it took off his leg. So get that, about four, 400 pounds, five foot two inches tall with a peg leg. That's a picture right there, all right? That's, I love him, but... Uh, I'm saying I love Lucy. The reason I'm saying I love Lucy is because uh, Lucy was living in this rough town in Kentucky, a coal mining town. She had some kids, had a bunch of kids, a couple girls. She had three sons. And uh, they all, as kids, worked in the coal mines. 
and one of her sons, one day there was an explosion in the coal mine and they carried his busted up body back to her. And his head was just laid open. And they didn't have like an emergency room to take him to and they just bandaged it up, poured stuff in it and prayed, God heal him. And he got all infected and he died right there in her arms. I mean, that had been enough. Wouldn't that have been enough? Anybody had some loss? That had been enough. But then her husband was a drunk, and everybody knew he's a drunk. And he jumped trains, and everybody knew that he was a drunk. She just did her best. One day she went to a house of worship, and she gave her life to Jesus. I'm going to tell you this story, too. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Anybody heard that story before? She was filled with the Spirit of God. How many know God saves you to fill you with His Spirit? Not just you go around and do stuff. He actually wants to dwell inside of you by His Spirit. And she came home. Great-grandma Lucy came home and shared the love of Jesus with all of her children. My grandpa, my papa, Richard Patsy Hawker, was a man of God who planted churches all through uh, Kentucky and Indiana and Ohio and West Virginia. My uncle John uh, was a preacher and a pastor who mentored my father. And now here I stand today. And you say, well, how are you standing up here? And I want to say, well, my mama was great. But I'm going to go way back and say generationally, there was this woman named Lucy who I loved dearly, who even when there was death and even when there was pain and even when there was dysfunction in her home, she accepted Jesus in her life and said, I will multiply and my family will be blessed. And I'm standing here today and my fruit, the fruit of my life also knows that same Jesus that my sweet great-grandma Lucy knew. And I love you. I love you, Lucy. Of all the Lucys in this house right now that are having to make a decision on whether or not they will let circumstances determine what happens in their future. I'm, I'm calling on all of you. I'm calling you, Naomi. I'm calling you. I'm saying, I know you might say I'm too old and I'm too far gone and my past is over. I've made too many mistakes. I'm telling you that God is not finished with you. you got to love the Lucy in your life. I screwed up, Pastor. I screwed up real bad. I know. That's why Jesus died for you. That's why he died. He loves you like that. Okay. I told you I was going to preach it. Forgive me for that, Lord. Would you come to me? Where are my broken sisters? I want to pray specifically for my broken sisters today. Where are they? Where are the sisters that have felt broken like, wow, pastor, the best is over. Or have been hurt too many times. The wounds are too great. Where are you? Would you come and just stand with me? Come and stand with me. That's tough to, that's tough to confess, isn't it? That's tough to confess. It's tough to hang surgery soon. Praying that God will be with you. Hey, sis. I love you. Come close. Come close. Look at that beautiful girl. Look at that. Look what God blessed you with. Come on. Come on. 
Look, I'm making a show of this openly, having y'all come up here. But how many know sometimes it is just really tar- It is weird. Why are you doing all that walking up the altar stuff? It, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, confession, right? Because now we can pray. Now it's like we're getting real now. Am I right? We're just we're getting real. We're getting real. We're getting holy. Welcome, Wonder Woman. And a Wonder Woman, really, you don't even see her until in the movie. you got to watch the movie. Until some people step on her island. <laughs> and she realizes that she has been trained for moments such as this. You just hold your hands up just like this for a moment. Hold your hands up. Everybody pray with us. Hold your hands like this. I bless you. That same spirit of Lucy. I bless you. And I speak into your brokenness and into your hurt, into the wounds of your life. And I remind you that though your name has been raw, God wants to restore you and make you fruitful. I want you to welcome the Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you would arm them now for they have felt vulnerable and they have felt alone. They have felt as if it was open season on their lives. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come now and you would bless them. Fill them with your spirit and with your power. Fill them with your spirit and with your power. Father, we come out of the place of darkness and deception. And we say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we'll not live there any longer. I come out and I stand boldly in the light. And I say, here I am. I'm your daughter. I haven't liked everything. But I'll not live in Moab another day. I choose to go back to the house of bread. Restore every broken area in my life. Just tell him you surrender. Keep your eyes closed for a moment. Everybody in the house. I want every lady specifically, but I want everyone in this room to, to receive this. Receive this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sisters, I say it. I am a woman of God. I am a wonder woman. I am powerful. I am created in the image of God. I am not defeated. And I will not be defeated. All of the things that hurt me, I give them to you, Lord Jesus, as sacrifices of praise. I give you thanksgiving for your plans for me are good. Your plans are good. I will be fruitful. I will be a spiritual mother, a godly mother. And you will do in my life what you have always planned to do. Now, we're with Ruth now. Come on. I make my covenant. Say it. I make a covenant with you. Almighty God, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. I will be where you are. I will be with the people of God. And you will do good in my life. 
Now just give him praise. Give him praise. Everybody in the house, give him thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just stay close with me. Some of my prayer workers come and stand around us. Prayer team members, just stand around us. Would you stand around us? My prayer workers, stand around us. Stand around us. Listen, I also want to welcome. I see Eddie standing over here, so that's good. I also want to welcome any brothers. If there are brothers that need to come to the Lord and you've been broken and wounded and feel like you've been less than the father, the man that you need to be, that God wants to also raise you up and heal you. And just over to my right, if you're here and you want prayer, we're going to stay in these places and we're going to pray for you, okay? We're going to spend time. I want to bless these women. Everyone look up at me. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Be dismissed when you choose. Can I pray with you folks before?